the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right. Good afternoon, Bay Area. Misha Dimitruk here, branch manager, senior loan originator with Essex Mortgage and MLS. 694427. Coming at you again through the radio to talk about real estate financing. All manner of real estate financing, purchase, refinance, equity extractions, construction, whether you are in a home now that you love, whether you're in a home that needs improvement, whether you're in an apartment dreaming of a home, whether you're contemplating your first investment. This is a great show for you because it's really all about the information you need and how to create a path to your own success. The strategies that you will employ will not be the same as your neighbor, your best friend, your buddy down the way, because your set of circumstances are unique to you. And that is the foundation of this industry is looking at each and every transaction independently and for its qualifying criteria. Now, there's a lot of vocabulary in this industry that really just doesn't carry over anywhere else. And uh, having a conversation with Tim, who called from San Mateo, thank you, Tim, when we were talking about just the, the vocabulary itself and the large number of terminology that is foreign to so many people. So when a new buyer comes into the market and they have not been through this process and they haven't participated in a transaction before, one of the first things that I talk to them about is the vocabulary. And I send out a glossary of mortgage terms to people. And I, I jokingly talk with people about not necessarily needing to make flashcards out of it, but wanting them to get familiar with the terms because reading your contracts, understanding what all the words that come into play actually mean to you as the consumer are really going to be important. And just as much as when you're reading a, a book or uh, you know any type of informational piece, there's opportunity for you to expand your knowledge base and have a deeper understanding for what it is that you're reading if you make sure that you have a context for all the words that are being played out there. So um, that's something that we're going to start presenting here on a word of the week here on the show. And that um, we'll get to here in a little bit. I want to touch on the uh, challenge from the last show, which was talking about how to access your equity for your best utilization and you know, just exploring whether or not that was going to be a fixed rate loan or an adjustable home equity. Now, for those of you who uh, were not maybe privileged to that show, what we're talking about here is how, if you needed to touch the equity in your property, if you wanted to utilize that in the form of cash because you have a plan, what would be the best structure for you and how would you go about achieving that? 
So I had a conversation with Anthony and Anthony and his family were talking about building a pool this year. They also were looking at uh, building out an accessory dwelling unit for their mother-in-law, but that probably wouldn't happen until next year. So they have a plan for their property, but it's sort of an overtime plan. And so their need for financing and tapping into that equity is not altogether immediate for all of it, but they would rather do that now, put the financing in place now while values are high and have access to that cash as time moves on. They decided that a home equity line of credit made the most sense because they do have an immediate need for some money, but they don't need to draw all of it at the same time. And with a home equity line of credit, the benefits are you can use it as needed. You pay only on what you're borrowing at the time. You have 10, typically 10 years of interest only period to be able to borrow and repay that home equity line of credit and make interest only payments for that 10 years. And then it becomes a 20 year principal and interest repayment loan, but it, it remains adjustable throughout the life of the loan. Now you can refinance that. Um, if rates come down a little bit more, it might be beneficial to roll all of that into one loan. We talked about all of the various options that come into play there, but for Anthony and his family, that home equity line of credit made the most sense. On the flip side, Therese and I had a conversation about taking that equity and utilizing it for investment. So there was a finite need for all of that money all at the same time, and fixing it in at the lowest rate they could get now was going to be the biggest benefit for them, again, because they were going to use it all at the same time, all for one thing, and then they would have that locked in and they wanted to make sure that their housing payment was stabilized and that what they were going to have fluctuating would be things like taxes and insurance. But the bigger financing pieces were all firmed up. So those are two different ways of people accessing their equity now, while values are still high. Now, I'm not saying values are going to become much lower, but as we're seeing the market cool a bit, and it, it is all sort of a, you know, a chicken and egg cycle, what's cooling the market? That buyers are not able to borrow as much at low interest rate or that buyers are just not able to capture. There's not as many properties out. We are seeing more properties come to market, but we are still seeing a lot of competition, just maybe not as much, and the prices being offered are not as high. Price reductions, where people are listing at one price and then reducing or lowering the price down, are happening more widespread, more across the country, and it's just become a more prevalent thing. So what we're seeing now is Buyers who had really pumped the brakes saying, hey, rates rates have gotten much higher than the last two years that I've been looking and unsuccessfully captured a property. Now I'm frustrated, so I'm not going to play in that game. We've seen more buyers sort of peek out the window, start to get excited, and start looking again at purchasing properties. We've also seen sellers who have said, I see the writing on the wall. We have maybe come to the top of the mountain. And before we start going down the other side or reaching a plateau, we wanted to capture that at the lowest, at the highest, excuse me, highest price possible for selling. And that is a benefit that you have as a seller right now. It's still a fantastic market as a seller. You have a tremendous opportunity to get a great price for your property. And so we're seeing more properties come to market. So it's a, it's a win-win for everyone still out there. And I really encourage all of the sellers or potential sellers, uh, you know, some people are saying we're seeing sellers pull their properties off the market. The sellers that I've seen pull properties off the market are the people who listed their properties for more than what the market was dictating and really wanted even a be above and beyond that. They had a price point of saying, if I get this for it, I'll let the property go, but otherwise I will keep it. 
for the people who were serious about selling their property at the market's dictated price, they are still selling their properties. <clears throat> so in that, there's, again, opportunity for buyers, opportunity for sellers. Preparation is going to be the key for everyone. And when we talk about preparation, buyers need to be formally pre-approved. They need to have all of their documentation verified and underwritten. Fully underwritten pre-approval means that not only has someone been told what your income is, what your assets are, how much money you have in the bank, how much is in stock, how much is available to you. They've verified your down payment. They've verified your funds to close. They've run an illustration, an estimate of what your closing costs and down payment will be based on the transaction purchase price that they've qualified you at. And they've qualified you with a buffer on the interest rate because the market is shifting. Now, we've seen rates settle in the last week or so. So that's definitely putting people in the position to feel more confident that the market isn't just running away with it. And that's where a lot of buyers were at. It's just, it's just going up and up and we're not seeing any slowing down. There's a little slowing down happening. And that's really giving a nice breather for some people to be able to say, okay, let's not get hysterical about things. And, and you know, I've, believe me, I've been doing this for, this is my 26th year and watching people run through these cycles of being panicked that things are changing faster than they can change. Because of course you have a full-time job, you have a life of your own and getting involved in the home buying process is a, a huge addition. It's a giant time consumption and it's a real investment and it's appropriate that it sort of takes over as you're in the process of it, but it should be with prior planning and with positive information and reinforcement should be a nice experience for you to go through. Someone walking you through, this is how we prepare accurately and efficiently so that you can go out and your biggest challenge might be to find the property that best fits your shopping criteria. And in the Bay Area, that's always going to be a little bit challenging. We have always sort of run at a deficit on housing per people. And so we're, we're in a housing crunch and we continue to be in a housing crunch, but there are still tremendous, tremendous opportunities and beautiful homes that come up for sale and people are made happy homeowners every single day across the Bay. If you are interested in getting formally pre-approved so that you know your purchase power and you know the strategy and how you yourself personally with your individual criteria are going to qualify and capture that property, give me a call. 831-435-0385 is my phone. Misha, M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com is my email. You can also find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Now for the sellers out there, when we talk about prior preparation, we're talking about uh, having a conversation with your qualified local realtor, listening to the advice that they give about how to properly prepare your property. A lot of sellers think this is just going to be easy. I'm going to line them up out the door. I don't need to worry about minimizing my personal property within the house. I don't need to have professional photography done. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need. I can do this myself. And it's true. You can absolutely get yourself through the process if you are interested in, in managing in, in those ways. The best circumstances that you're going to run into is having a qualified professional on your side where they manage this for you so you can manage your own life and you follow the advice of the professionals. Having a qualified realtor walk you through this process 
listening to them when they tell you to minimize your personal belongings, to have nice photography taken of your home. All of these things are going to give buyers a better feel for your home, and it's going to give them the opportunity to want to stretch their budget to compete to purchase your property. And that has always been what the competition in the market is about. It's about finding a property that is just what you're looking for and then having to outbid your neighbor, your other shopping buddy. And I've, I've talked with buyers across the market who've said they've run into the same people at the same open houses. So they know who it is they're, they're competing against oftentimes in order to capture these properties. Um, but it makes a difference in preparing your property. It also makes a difference in you knowing what your next step is. Are you staying in, in possession of the home for a period of time after you close? Are you immediately moving out? Do you know where your belongings are going? Do you have assistance to help you get there? Um, do you know what your next step is? Are you going to need financing? Do you have that pre-approval in place? Are you staying within the state? Are you relocating to a different state? There's a lot of different pieces of the puzzle for sellers that uh, even more so, I think, than for buyers because they have so much more opportunity. And if they don't immediately have somewhere else that they're moving into, and if they don't have a domino effect of a transaction where they're going to sell this one and buy that one and, and everybody moves, takes one step up, then they need to make sure that they understand what's the next step for them, what's the process, what do they need to have in place, and what can they do in advance to minimize the stress of the transaction that they are in in the moment. So if you're a seller and you need some more guidance with that, please likewise, don't hesitate to give me a call and we can have a conversation about connecting you with a couple of realtors in your market that you can have conversation with, interview and find the one that has the best connection with you to support you through this because it is definitely still worth the time. And money. We are going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, Bay Area. As we discussed earlier, there are a lot of words that come into play in the mortgage industry that just they just don't play a part anywhere else in, in regular conversation when you're talking with friends and family. And so the, the concept here is let's help everybody get back to basics. And this show is really about helping you understand the industry. So understanding the terminology is likewise going to be the same. Uh, now, Let's start with the very beginning steps, the loan application. The loan application itself is a document that is uh, standardized by uh, Fannie Mae in the process, and it's called a 1003. It's a form 1003, um, but we all know it as the application, or you will know it as the application. And the application itself details out all of the information that your documentation supports. So that application is going to contain your full legal name as it appears on your government ID. If your name is James, please don't apply as Jim. Your name is James and we want your application and all of the legal documentation and all of the loan paperwork to match the ID that you will be providing at the closing in order to validate that you are the same person that this paperwork is generated for and can sign on the dotted line. Oftentimes it comes into play where People will provide their name and application, and they'll have a variety. If you're, again, James is a perfect example. Um, you know, I have a client whose name is James, and his driver's license actually says Jimmy. Now, I don't know how that happened in the first place, but you know, his social security number is tied to James. 
and his pay stub says Jim. So all of his paperwork sort of has a different sort of set of information, but the legal tracing is down to your legal name as it appears on your government issued valid photo ID. So he was sort of a conundrum because he applied as James and his driver's license actually said Jimmy. So we, we ended up having to migrate things around. Um, but in the application, it's going to ask for your name, your date of birth, your social security number. Yes, you do need to give your entire social security number. Why is that? Because we will be pulling a credit report on you and your credit report requires that we provide your name, your address, your social security number, and your date of birth. Now, in addition to that, um, we want your date, your, excuse me, your residence address for the last two years, as well as your mailing address. So if you've had a consistent mailing address, but maybe you've moved physical locations over the last years, we need to have the last two years of information on the application. We will likewise need your employment information for the last two full years. If you had multiple jobs, we need to have all of those jobs listed. If you changed jobs, if you left a job, went to somewhere else, and then came back, you still need to include all of that. We will need you to detail out the start and termination dates at those jobs. Now, termination date doesn't necessarily mean that you got fired. It means the date that you no longer worked there. Uh, we will need your bank account information. Yes, we will need your bank account numbers with all of the details involved. Your bank statements that you provide cannot be redacted, can't be whited out, can't be blacked out or crossed out. We need to see your name, your address, all of the where you spent your money, how much you spent, when you deposited money, how much you deposited. Oftentimes people say, well, I don't want people knowing where I spent my money. I promise you, people are not going through your bank statements in this industry and making judgments on your credit worthiness, depending on where it is that you shop. We are looking because we are required to do so at where that money comes in to your bank account from. And most importantly, the habits of your spending. For a lot of people, if they're trying to make a purchase and they're saying, I don't have the ability to save for a down payment, your bank statements often tell the story of where you're spending your money. Now, I've had the hard conversation with clients before saying, well, I'm, I'm looking at where you're spending money and where do you think you could trim out some of your expenses in order to save more money every month? And, and sometimes one or the other, if they're you know, partners, sometimes one of them will have a better idea than the other. Um, sometimes that conversation has not been had before they get to the application part. I really encourage if you're applying with a partner, make sure that you have a conversation, a very transparent conversation about your credit and your assets and your income before you have a conversation with a loan originator. Because all the time I ask people, have you spoken about your finances? because we're going to have honest conversation about that here today. And there are times where it's very evident that that did not happen. Um, in addition to your bank information and your employment information and your personal data, there are some yes or no questions, some declarations and, and government monitoring information that is required to be asked. You are not required to respond, but it is required that you are asked. That government monitoring information is to help mitigate any type of discrimination and to track the information so that people can know for certain if there's a pattern that needs to be addressed. So if you are willing to participate in the, in the declaration and um, government monitoring, I really encourage you to help your own officer do that. We're going to take a break and we'll be back again in just a moment. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha.
Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. Okay. A topic that is near and dear to a lot of our hearts is helping our senior population. For a large number of the population that owned homes and have owned homes for quite some time now, the ability for them to minimize their housing expense with a reverse mortgage is an opportunity that more and more seniors across the Bay Area are taking advantage of. Long gone is the stigma of not paying off your property and having a home sitting free and clear and waiting for your heirs to take over on it. It is now really the opportunity for seniors to leverage their equity appropriately. And with the price point in the Bay Area and the appreciation that's been received over the last few years, there has been a wide array of opportunities made available to seniors. Now, there's also a lot of stigma associated with reverse mortgage and some negative press that's just not true. A lot of the seniors that I talk to say, oh, I've heard terrible things about people losing their homes to reverse mortgage. Now, it's true there's an opportunity for people to lose their homes to reverse mortgage, but that number is very, very tiny. And it is really a very limited set of criteria that that could ever possibly happen. Um, Just like a forward mortgage, the property still needs to be maintained and it still needs to be taken care of. The taxes still have to be paid. The insurance still has to be paid. If those three things are taking place, then there's, there isn't an opportunity for someone to lose their property. And that's, that's just the reality there. Now, the stories that have hit the headlines are people, if you dig into them, who said that the person, someone passed away and that house had a reverse mortgage on it. And now the house is being sold or being taken over otherwise. And the person is now going to become homeless who's ever left remaining. In not one of those stories that I have been able to read, and I've read all of them and tried to do as much digging as I can on it in the backstories, the person who's been highlighted in the story as the person who's living and being kicked out doesn't own the property. If they don't own the property and their name is not on it anywhere, then they're not losing their home. They're losing the home that they were living in because of financial structuring of the person who passed away. So again, I always talk with people and partners And whether they are friends, whether they're lovers, whether they're married or not, having that conversation about all of and transparency in the conversation about what's the plan with this property? Um, And, you know, do you have financing on it? And, you know, do you have you written me in if they were married after the financing was put in put into place or even if they didn't get married? You know, have, have they made accommodations for one another? Reverse mortgage is for people age 62 and above. Now, if you are 62 years old and you have a non-borrowing spouse, you may have a non-borrowing spouse who is not the age of 62 and still qualify for a reverse mortgage. They are not, that non-qualifying spouse is not eligible to utilize the home equity line of credit that is possible on some of these reverse mortgage loans. They do, however, have the same protection in that they get to remain in the property as long as they live or as long as that is their primary residence. Reverse mortgage is only for primary residents. That doesn't mean that you can't have other homes that you visit. It doesn't mean that you can't travel. It just means that you live there more than you live anywhere else. You will complete a financial assessment in order to apply for a reverse mortgage. That financial assessment does include a credit pull. 
what they're looking at for credit pull is not necessarily a score like forward mortgage would dictate, but moreover, they want to make sure that you have financial stability. And if you have had late payments in your credit history, you could be subject to something called the loan escrow set aside, which is um, the taxes and insurance throughout the life of the expected borrower's life that has to be an account established to pay taxes and insurance because it, of the pattern of your financial success or not in paying your bills on time. Again, the ways to lose your property is to not pay your taxes and insurance or to not maintain the property. So by making sure that people have the ability to pay their taxes and insurance, they're, they're doing everything that they can in order to keep people in their homes and successfully maintaining home ownership. Um, now, again, these are for our seniors in the Bay Area. And if you have a senior in your life who is running short on cash because they're making a forward mortgage payment, have them give me a call. We're going to take another break and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, Bay Area, we have a great treat for you. We have Daniel with Colville Banker. Daniel, how are you today? Awesome, Misha. How are you doing? I am doing great, Daniel. Daniel, you have some exciting information to share with us today. I sure do. I have four really killer listings coming up, um, right. up and down the peninsula within the next two to four weeks. And I'd love to share it with everybody. Perfect. Tell us all about them. All right. The very first one is in the White Oaks neighborhood of San Carlos, 1561 Chestnut Street, three bedroom, two bath with a pool, one story, 1500 square feet on a 5650 square foot lot. And we're going to be going on the market at the end of the month for two million five fifty. Fantastic. Um, so that's yes. And then we do have one in Belmont coming up as well in the Home View and Sterling Downs neighborhood. Um, the address is eleven hundred Irwin Street. It is a three bedroom, one bath, nineteen forty seven build, twelve hundred square feet on a five thousand square foot lot. Um, and that one we're gonna go for on for two million dollars. Uh, you can walk or bike to Oracle. That's how close it is to Oracle. Wow. So, and then we have one coming up in middle to end of August in San Francisco in the Excelsior neighborhood, 43 Lisbon Street. And that's a 1,500 square foot home with a super deep, long garage underneath uh, for a million four fifty, And it's got a cute little backyard. Um, really close to Mission, so if anybody's looking for that location, this is a really good spot. You can walk to so many things and walk to BART, too. I love it. All right, you have one more coming. I do. I have one more. I have a luxury condo in San Jose on Communications Hill, 2988 Gracina Street, on the third floor, balcony, views, two-bedroom, two-bath, 1,225 square feet, uh, meticulously maintained and built in 2005. It's got two underground parking spots, a pool, hot tub, rec room, the whole nine yards, and we'll be going on the market in the next couple of weeks for 900000 Wow, that's great. Fantastic. Well, as we were talking about earlier in the show, Daniel, there are more properties coming out. More sellers are putting their properties to market more buyers should be excited about what's hitting the market and the opportunity for them to capture right now. I mean, here's four fantastic properties that are 
coming right around the corner here and giving people a wide array of properties to select from. Now, Daniel, tell me what what would what did you tell all of your sellers about this market in order to prepare them for what it's like in this selling environment? Sure thing, Misha. I told them to be very realistic. It's not like it was six or seven, eight, ten months ago, mm-hmm. and that we have to uh, excuse me list our prices uh, competitively so we don't have our houses sit for too long. Now the houses are looking like they're sitting longer now to get into contract before you may have gotten into contract within two to four, three, four, five days, maybe a week. Now mm-hmm. it's not uncommon if your house sits on the market for three to four, maybe even five weeks, it will sell, but it just may take a little longer because of everything going on in the world and our interest rates. Mm-hmm. But I am just telling sellers to be very patient and be optimistic. Wonderful. Well, good advice for everyone. Remain positive and be smart and, you know, and be aware and realistic. You know, that's, that's the best advice that we can give everyone is to follow the advice of the professionals and stay, stay sane in this ever changing marketplace that we have here. Daniel, remind everyone how to get in touch with you, please. My cell phone is the best 408-761-2883. Wonderful. Now, Daniel, before you go, we have just about another minute and a half here. Tell me, the buyers that you're seeing in the market right now, the best advice that you're giving to those buyers? I would tell them not to wait because Mm -hmm. if you can get a lower price now and you're maybe one or the only offer, one of a couple offers or just the only offer, why don't you take it? Yes, the interest rate may be a little higher, but you can always refinance later and change the interest rate as many times as you want to. But you can't change the price of a home, and that sets your property tax basis. So I would go for it before something else may shift, and then more buyers are out there on the market looking versus being on the fence. So totally valid. I would take the opportunity and seize it. Right. Well, and it's you know I had a conversation with a gentleman the other day, and he said, oh, houses are just like cars. And I said, ooh, I don't think so. I mean, you, you know, you really, when you yeah. find a property, there are people who are looking in micro neighborhoods. You know, they want to be in a two to four block area and they need a certain specifics for a property to make it their own. And if that property mm-hmm. comes up and that's a place that you've coveted and you know you want to be there, then seize the day, you know, capture that property while it's available to you. The financing can come and go and change, you know, over time. You have, you have a, the life of your living at that property in order to adjust the financing on it. But that house may not come to market again for decades. Some of the properties we've seen that have come up haven't been on the market in you know, 25, 40 years. So strike while the iron is hot, folks. You heard it from Daniel. You're hearing it from me. Thanks so much, Daniel. We will look forward to you joining us again. You got it. Thank you, Misha. Thank you. Well, as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, we do have more properties coming to market and and not just in, in a particular price bracket. Uh, you know, I, even a, a two bedroom, two bath condo, in, you know, a luxury condo is coming in under a million dollars today. So there's a very serious opportunity out there. And if you are in the market, if you're interested in owning and you know what your price points are, then please connect with your local realtor to get yourself onto a campaign, understanding when these properties hit the market, because while they might be sitting for a little bit longer, they're not sitting for months. And the price points that are being put out today, the market 
price that's being listed for a lot of sellers right now is very, very reasonable and very realistic. And so as Daniel relayed that he tells his sellers, you're having to list based on what is now and where the market is now. So uh, people who listed their properties maybe two or three months ago, they, they were expecting a different price than what the market's dictating today. But I assure you what people are putting their properties to market with right now are most likely a very reasonable price or they will start seeing reductions as they see interest in very small numbers. We are going to take a break here in just a moment and we will come back with my favorite part of the show, which is the weekly challenge. If you need advice, if you need information, if you need a specific strategy to help you capture your real estate dream, 831-435-0385. We will be back in just a few. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week's challenge... For any of you out there who are following, the weekly challenge is really about you, our listeners. And uh, I pose these challenges and ask for your feedback and your participation so that I can bring your point of view to the other listeners of the show. Uh, So this week's challenge is really about your investment strategy. For those of you out there that have money in stocks, uh, that are watching with bated breath as your stock prices rise and fall and flatten and spike, and you're looking for something that is going to be a more tangible investment, real estate is still a very strong play. Now, real estate investing is a long-term strategy. And despite what all of the um, flipping TV shows will show you, um, it is typically for most people, just a steady ownership. If it's a property that's being rented, uh, they typically aim for either targeting the market of long-term tenants or the opposite, vacation rentals with short-term tenancy and uh, likely a management group that handles the incoming, outgoing, cleaning, et cetera. But the financing of these types of properties is still available and the flexibility amongst investing property financing has really never been easier. Down payments as little as in some cases, 15%. I know that sounds crazy, but the idea is that for those of you who have the money to invest and have the savviness to manage these types of properties, the interest rate is a little bit higher with the lower down payment. The best interest rates are available when you're putting 25 to 30% down, but the qualifying information is very, very smooth with the inclusion of this, uh, the loan called the debt service loan that allows the property that you are financing to basically qualify to cover itself. No other aspect of your portfolio is being looked at. It's a pinpoint transaction where you provide the down payment, six months of projected payment, principal interest tax insurance and any applicable homeowners association dues. In reserve, you don't have to give that money to anyone. You just have to show that you have access to it. And then you have the ability to qualify for the loan. Now, what the property has to qualify is as the appraisal must show that it supports the purchase price or your financing will be limited to the appraisal value. And the appraiser will determine the market rent of the property based on long-term lease verified within the market. Typically, that means that they're sourcing that information through property management companies. They're not looking at Craigslist. They're not looking at Zillow rentals. They are really looking at qualified rentals that they can validate. So in that, it's the appraisal valuing the property, 
the appraiser determining the market rent. If the market rent meets, exceeds, or even doesn't meet the projected monthly expense on the property, there's a loan available for you. Now, I know for some of you that's just putting your brains on tilt, and this is the flexibility of these types of programs. There is the ability for the rent to, on paper, not cover the projected rent, mind you, not cover the actual expense on the property and still achieve a loan. It affects the interest rate just as much as your credit score does. But the opportunity is still there for you to be able to capture this property. There are loans for people with credit scores down into the 600s. The better credit scores are achieved when your credit, excuse me, the better interest rates are achieved when your credit score is above 700. But the, the concept that I want anyone out there who's thinking about investing to really take home is that it's not as difficult to qualify to buy an investment property as some would lead you to believe. And there are flexible options out there that are just begging you to take advantage of them in this type of a market. So if you have considered purchasing an investment property, now is definitely the time to take a look at it while inventory is starting to blossom. Know what your purchase power is, know what your opportunities are, know how you can achieve your real estate and investing financial goals. If you have questions, if you have a scenario that you're looking for information on, it is really my joy to speak with you and help you walk through this process, understanding how to get where you need to go. Please give me a call at 831-435-0385, M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com. This show rebroadcasts tomorrow between 2 and 3 and Sundays from 3 to 4. Until next week, be well and stay healthy, Bay Area. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.